This. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. So, let the game begin. Hey, it's Kellen, and today, you guys, we're not going to waste any time because for a few minutes, we have Michael McCallowitz. Oh, man, if I could say that 10 times fast, <laughs> but I You'd be the can. first human being ever to pull that one off, Kellen, if you could. <laughs> okay, yes. Now, you guys will Google this name that you'll see in the description box in the title. You'll see how many books he has. Profit First is where that I learned about him. He has, you know, the pumpkin plan, clockwork. I mean, he's a best-selling author, people, who's had, you know, multiple million-dollar businesses that he's sold. So he's going to come and show us about money. Not going to waste any more time. Mike, how you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me. Thank, thank you for coming on. And I want to start probably where nobody else starts. With all your success, people could talk about millions of dollars, talk about, you know, the accolades. But where would you be without your wife in your all your ventures? Probably, that's a great question. So probably nowhere. You know, she's been the stalwart supporter of me. and uh, But she's also kept me grounded in reality. At times, I wanted to pursue things in business. And she's like, are you crazy? And uh, she was right. So she brings the, the yin to the yang, that balance. And I think without her, I, I would have done things that are far too risky in business. Um, but at the same time, she's my greatest cheerleader, my greatest champion. When, when I told her I want to write books for a living, she's like, that's crazy financially. But if that's what your dream is, make that dream a reality. And, and now it's become, become a lifestyle that, that supports our dreams beyond me just being an author. So it's, yeah, she's, she's the powerful force behind what I do. Oh, your best critic. And do you find that? Yeah, like, like the, the confidant that whispers in your ear, are you crazy, you idiot? Like that, that you know, because like, a lot of people, particularly as you're successful in business or I'm sure celebrities on stage, everyone with a kowtow to you is like, oh, wow, you're so smart. But the reality is, you know, we're all just normal people. So we need someone that will be caring, but candid. And, and I think that's what you are, especially if people pick up your audiobooks, because so straightforward, there's no fluff. I mean, a publicist would have told you, hey, don't say that to him. Oh, I got where, you. Yeah. Where does that come from? Well, it's, it's really who I am. It's funny. I, in my book, The Pumpkin Plan, it's the first one I went with the mainstream publisher, Penguin Books. And the editor's like, I can't believe this some of the stuff I'm editing. And I think pandering of the academic who tells you from stage, this is how things should be. It's like some weirdo big brother thing. So my style is like, we're all in this together. It's going to be freaking hard. I have some experience that may support you. And I want to share it. It's arm over the shoulder talking. And I use, I use what I consider the real talk of the industry. It's, it's not like all like, you know, things are perfect and fine. We've got this. No, there's a lot of like shit we're going to go through. We're going to be banging our head against the wall. We're going to struggle. So I speak to the reality of it. And I think the, the publisher caught on. They approved it. They let it go through. But it was kind of an eye-opener for them what real raw entrepreneurship is like. 
And do you think some of that comes from not just age? Because the more you grow your beard, I think the more straightforward you go with age. Are you, you digging my no. beard? Do you think it's working? Yeah, I, I yeah. actually had one and my wife and, and my little one is the one. One of my little ones was like, it's too itchy. And it's like, it took me 38 years to grow it out to this. Um, and it's too <laughs> itchy. <laughs> but so, I need so my kids shaved off. Yeah. I shaved it off just for Corona times. When they go back to school, I'll bring it back. But my hair is long. I've grown out my hair. And I do that because I'm like, I'm, I'm you know, characters out of the Bible. Uh, there may be some power in this hair. Um, I don't know. That's what so I feel like. like. When people look at me, I feel like I'm biblical. I mean, I got the same thing. Like, this hair going everywhere. I had no idea how like this, these curls and uh, the beard. Yeah, I, it's, I don't know. It's like we, we grew up in, it's like we're back in, in the biblical days. It's kind of bizarre. Well, we definitely, you know, sometimes can feel like it with the lockdown, which I'm in Seattle, so social distancing yeah. is normal. How have things been in business for you with the, with the lockdown and coming out? Yeah, so my business personally, uh, we are continuing fine because we responded very quickly by changing some of the stuff we do. I did a lot of speaking, a lot of speaking, and that went away overnight. Um, but it's shifted toward new products, new services. But the other element, though, is there's so many businesses that are going out of business. I think I'm pretty sure it was Warren Buffett who said, and I'm going to paraphrase this, but uh, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. You know, as this recession starts and goes through, you see all these businesses that were not prepared for it. And it's, it's sad to see uh, businesses just shuttering the doors. At the same time, it's compelling for me to serve, to save, to help businesses that are struggling. Um, so I almost, there's a little bit of me feels like, I, you know, I'm born for this. Like I have to respond. And so I feel empowered in that way, but it is tough to see businesses being hurt. What do you think the shift is going to be? I mean, businesses are going to, you know, be on the verge of closing the doors. Does that mean that, you know, those who had some capital will be able to become partners with them and, you know, get into a business they never thought they could get into? Dude, that is smart. That's exactly what I see happening. So I think this is one of the greatest opportunities for the bold move of doing acquisitions. And my, I'm actually looking for my own business. Are there businesses that um, are struggling? And maybe even the business owner never really wanted to be in the business in the first place. Do they have certain aspects or assets in their business that I want to acquire? So you can do what's called asset-only acquisitions, where you, you go to a business and say, listen, I, I'd like to take your clients because you're going to abandon them, some of your inventory or furniture or whatever tools or resources you have. But you can also do 0% financing or owner-based financing where you say, listen, um, you, you want to leave your business. Instead of just folding and going away, all the clients that I take from you, as they generate revenue, I'm going to give you a percentage of the revenue so that can be your, your income source. And I think there's some business owners that are willing to do that. These asset-only out there in New Jersey where, you know, I mean, things, there are crazy next door to you from what we could see on the news. Are there any, you know, businesses that you're like, hey, I always wanted to have, you know, a water park or something like that? <laughs> yeah. I, well, I don't know if there are businesses I want to have, but there are businesses I want to support. So restaurants, it's true in Seattle too. Restaurants here are in general devastated because they had to shut their doors. Some of them have taken, you know, invoked to carry on takeout and they're, they're doing okay as a result, but they're down from where they were. That was a smart move. But I think they're smarter moves. One example I see playing out that's really cool is a collaborative effort between a restaurant and a food truck. The food truck is doing deliveries into neighborhoods. So it's hot meals at dinner time delivered to your doorstep. 
and the restaurant is more of a cooking center. They're preparing meal after meal, stacking up his truck, and his truck's doing runs and doing loops. It looks like their revenue is up substantially. But my favorite move is actually a company in Mexico, a restaurant in Mexico that I was talking to. They're in Monterrey, Mexico. And what they did was they had to shut their doors too because uh, of COVID. They reached out to their past patrons and said, we're going to start a cooking class. So they do a lot of fish-based stuff, uh, seafood, paellas type thing. Uh, and they said to their customers, do you want to uh, take a cooking class with us? And we'll teach you how to prepare our five most popular meals. And sure, over five weeks, you know, every Monday night. And it's a great way to not just cook a meal and have the meal you love from our restaurant. It's also a way to reconnect with your neighbors because they're going to be on these calls. Too. And now they're generating revenue, which is more profitable revenue by broadcasting a cooking class with their chef from the restaurant into these different homes. So I think there's a lot of cool ways that businesses are reinventing themselves in this scenario. Awesome. As far as business, you know, in America, that's one thing. With you being so successful, have you tried your hand or are there any markets outside of America that you like and that you invest in? Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know if I'm so successful, but I definitely believe in the global economy massively. So a couple of things I've done. So we opened an office in Australia. Uh, We have another office in um, the Netherlands for an organization that I started called Profit First Professionals with a partner. Profit First is a book I wrote, and we started this certification organization. Well, I I believe we are in a global economy. And I think our brothers and sisters from Europe and Africa and uh, Asia already knew there's opportunity in the U.S., and they've they've built their businesses here. I think the American mindset now is like, oh, there's business outside of the U.S., and we're going back over there. The easy way to start, at least for me, is English-speaking countries. It's my native language. It's easier to communicate. But we now have business in, uh, we're doing business in Israel, we're doing business in um, Egypt. Uh, and as we go into these different countries, you know, Arabic is the native language in Egypt, uh, uh, Hebrew in Israel. You have to build alliances then of people who uh, can, can communicate with the culture of the local communities, like people understand how Israel operates, but also understands the link back to the U.S. So what we did try was just try to, you know, build business there without any help. And that was a mistake. It was finding kind of a, a local expert where they have the trust of their community who also want to do business with you. But I think we're all responsible to go global now. It is a global economy. If you're depending on just resources from one country, well, you'll go as that country goes. So we have a presence internationally. No, that, that's awesome. You know, we think about international. Let me take it back to local. If Mike was governor, Mike was president, how would you have handled not just the crisis, but even are there any changes that you'd say, you know what, first of all, we should have locked down or we should not have locked down to herd, uh, you know, herd immunity like, uh, what was it, Sweden. But if you were governor or president, what were some things that you would do different that you think the masses would, um, you know, fall in line with? Yeah, so I would never do those thankless jobs. <laughs> I just, it's, it's not within my, my wheelhouse. And uh, man, uh, you know, you're going to have lovers and haters. And it's just, it sounds like such a miserable job. Um, and I really don't like to talk politics whatsoever. So for me, uh, the pandemic, all I would do is I would study, which I have been doing, is studying how has this happened historically? Because mankind has a absolute propensity to replicate stuff we've done in the past. Our history repeats because we repeat it. So when you look at the influenza, 
and you see the pattern of the double is actually a triple wave. So the first wave came, the second wave was bigger, and then there's a third wave. Um, when I look at what's going on societally, and this is not just in the U.S., but that's what I'm most familiar with, uh, I can see the exact same pattern replicating. I mean, almost verbatim, where people become intolerant of the measures of, you know, wear your mask and uh, socially distance, and people become intolerant of it, and then it starts a second wave, which is way worse than the first wave. So I, I would just be a student of history, and I'd educate, I try to educate the masses of how we're replicating what's happened before so we can predict what's coming. I think a lot of people just aren't a student of history and uh, therefore they think what they're following is unique to them and unique to their circumstances, but it's very obvious what's coming, which I'm not, sadly, I'm not optimistic, uh, but I am optimistic overall about humankind. We'll get, we'll get through this. It's just going to be a bumpy ride and a bumpy ride. And as all your books talk about, you know, small business is going to be part of that ride and, and make the difference with the community being, you know, making a difference, what is your community give back that you are doing or that you want to do in the future? So uh, it's fine. I'm still envisioning the president. How about your, I'll be your vice president. <laughs> I, uh, if you're up for that, then, then let's go. I think we're a good ticket. Um, I, I think the, the give back for me is simply, if, if it boils down to anything, it's I'm a cheerleader. I, like to your point, small business is the backbone of our society. If, if small business fails in this new environment, we're all screwed. We're all screwed. The whole economy will collapse. 90% of business globally is small business. 50% of people employed are employed by small businesses. So you can't, you can't wipe that off the map. We have to succeed. And uh, I love to share what I learn and research and educate but even if that all had to go away, I just want to root on small business. I believe in us so much. So I think if, if I did nothing else, it's just to cheerlead us on. And do you recommend for entrepreneurs, whether they're doing their first business or doing their fifth, reaching out to um, organizations like SBA, SCORE, PTAC, do you find those to be helpful or, you know, are they, you know, give me your opinion. Yeah. Um, they can be helpful when used appropriately. None of those organizations, I, I've yet to find one that's a cure-all. We, we all, as we go through the entrepreneurial journey, we need to develop ourselves and there's skill sets that we lack. I think the first thing we have to do is simply open our eye to it. So one of the best persons or people to hire is someone that can speak candidly to you. The wife who whispers in your ear, maybe you don't have this 100% nailed down mic and need to fix things. Someone that loves you and trusts you and cares enough about you to speak the truth about where your blind spots are. Then reaching out to these organizations that can support you through it. SCORE, which I think is, is retired executives. I think that's what the RE stands for. You know, great resources in a capacity maybe of strategic planning, but if they're retired executives, maybe they weren't entrepreneurs. They don't understand necessarily the startup phase. And so maybe you need an organization like there's a group called EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, where it's peer learning. But you're not going to get mentorship out of there. It's peer learning. So I, I think I've got to evaluate these resources and say, does it fill in a blind spot for me, uh, short term or long term? But does it fill in a blind spot and then leverage it? But to, to expect any of these to be the single source for all of your answers, I don't think that exists. And last question, Mike, before, you know, we go, because Mike is going to catch the plane. I don't know if it's his private plane or if he's just yeah. taking it. Yeah, it's called a bicycle, by the way. <laughs> uh, what does every entrepreneur need to have 
to be successful? I think a, a, a rational level of commitment to their vision. I think it's that irrationality, which is important, meaning there's a certain point where logic goes away. When we have an idea, what gives us the right to say that idea will be successful? And what gives us the right to say that we are the ones that will be successful at it? And if you look at it from a logical standpoint, with the, whatever, 7.5 billion people on this planet, these countless relentless stream of ideas, logically, how can any one individual be successful? The math doesn't compute. But what happens is there's a rational level of belief in ourselves or our idea, or ideally the combination of the two. And it's that irrationality that actually brings about viability and an idea that can be successful. So that's the key to, maybe that's the key to entrepreneurial success, a rational belief in ourselves and our ideas. Well, that is full of game. Don't want to give them a game overload. You guys have been blessed by Mike. Check out his links in the description box. Get his books, learn some more, grow some more. He has a ton of stuff. He has his own YouTube too. So, you know, check that out, subscribe to it. And I appreciate you, Mike, for stopping by. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for having me, Callan. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and lots, fish and grits. Be sure to visit DiversifiedGame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.